The Sobe Art Award is Canada's most prestigious contemporary art prize, bringing national and international attention to Canadian artists age 40 and under. Stephanie Kamalang was the winner for 2019, picking up the $100,000 top prize. Learn more about Stephanie and the four Sobe finalists in the two-part series, The New Masters on CBC Ideas. For more information about the award, visit www.gallery.ca slash Sobe. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey guys, Ty here. Time to answer some questions for a change. Ask Ty. Hi, Ty. Hi, Ty. Hi, Ty. To play the message, press 2. This is Vaughn Lewis, Halifax, Nova Scotia. My question is, why do normally some people put smiles on their face when they see a cute animal? Thank you and bye. Why do people smile when they see a cute animal? Now, cuteness, like everything, comes down to science. Researchers say that there are certain traits that make things cute. The big head, big eyes, the chubby cheeks, the large foreheads, the round, squishy bodies, and the soft exterior. That's the same for kittens, babies, snakes, if it applies. If something has these features, it is perceived as cute. These features will tap into our instincts to take care of that thing, and our systems go into overdrive to protect it, feed it, snuggle it, all of that, just because it's cute. So, this literally means that the cuteness of a baby factors into how well it survives as a human. But it goes further. Research has found evidence that staring at cute things can boost mood and concentration by tapping into the reward centers of our brain. Our brain is rewarding us for taking care of these cute things as a way to protect our species, so we become happy by looking at cute things. To go to the next message, press 6. Hi, Ty. My name is Hamza, and I'm calling from Ontario. I have a question. Why is the sun hot? So why is the sun hot? Oof. Okay, this one will be complicated. Basically, we're all made of these little particles, and the particles are moving, and the more energy they have, like my little brother can. Hi. The more sugar or energy that you give him, he will be bouncing off the walls. So that's what temperature is. Temperature is basically how fast these little guys are moving. So if they're moving faster, it'll be heat because there'll be a higher temperature. So the particles at the core of the sun are under so much pressure and force and they're just squeezing so tightly together. Something called nuclear fusion takes place, which means we have a hydrogen atom and we have a hydrogen atom. Boom! We just turn it into helium because of magic. We change the atom into something different. And because that's how science works, if you change one thing to another thing, there's going to be a lot of energy. It's going to be like a massive... Massive explosion. It'll be like my brother on Easter. Literally just radiating light. And they just have so much energy and they're fidgeting so much that they have a really high temperature because the particles are having a good time, super energetic, 
And so when the molecules move really fast, they have a higher temperature because they're moving fast. And when we touch it with our hand, which has slower moving molecules, it feels hot because that's just what it feels like to have hotter feeling molecules. Now, here's a weird fact that I just typed up on the internet. The sun in the core is 15.7 million degrees. At the surface, though, it's a little bit less. It's only a, it's just a casual 5,700, you know. Still enough to melt your face off. The corona, which is the atmosphere that the sun has, decides to be like, you know what? The surface was cool, but let's spike it back up to a couple million degrees. I'm a little bit spicy. You know, that's just what the corona's like, you know? Why it happens, I don't know. And NASA doesn't know. Well, that's just, oh, no, oh, God. So, for some reason, it's just, like, cool zone on the surface, and then super melt your face off hot in the corona. Why? Who knows? But I'll let you know when we find out. To go to the next message, press 6. Hi, Ty. My name is Rhea. I'm calling from Ontario. And my question is, who invented the English language? Thank you. Who invented the English language? Well, so there was just a bunch of dudes around a fire. They were, you know, they were just kind of like, you know what, let's do English now. And they're like, yeah. And the other dudes were like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm down with that. But I have no idea, guys. <laughs> Like, I have ideas, but they're not good ideas, so I think we should just turn this over to an expert. I think if it is a bunch of anyone, it is probably a bunch of women, mums and aunts on the island of England. That's probably the people who invented the English language. And they were called Angles, so they didn't even call it English, they called it Anglish. My name's Tom Howell, and I used to write the Oxford Dictionary um, in Canada. And I wrote a book called The Rude Story of English, and it is a history of some dudes and some women 1,500 years ago trying to invent the language. So in a sense, when you learned English, you know, from the older people in your family, they are inventing English in a way, because that is going to be a bit different from the English that their grandparents spoke, and then their great-grandparents spoke, and so on and so on and so on, until when you go back far enough, it would be very difficult for us now to understand what like our great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents were saying to each other. Think of how friend and neighbor are spelled differently. Neighbor is E before I, friend is I before E. Friend came from one place where they said freeond once upon a time, and neighbor came from another place where they were saying it was actually called a near gabur. You know how it's got a G in neighbor? There's this weird thing. We don't pronounce it now. It's just because people stop pronouncing it properly. But once upon a time, they would have been like, no, it's wrong to say neighbor without a G in it. They would have been like, the correct way to say that is near gabur, because it was a gabur who lived near you. So... Generations go by, people make mistakes, people say things a bit differently, people put on funny voices. 
things change. Now we say neighbor instead of near Gabor. I guess it is that English is so complicated because it comes from all around the world. Yeah, what we call English today, like if you look up a word on the internet to find out where it came from, it could come from anywhere. Like bungalow comes from India, but you know, even if you went back all the way to what the Angles were saying, their language also came from all around the world. Like their language came from Iraq and. India and Russia and all kinds of weird places. Like people have been talking to each other for at least a hundred thousand years. So all of us, any point in history, might say who invented our language, and the answer would almost be some not dudes, some aunts and mothers, a thousand five hundred years ago. <laughs> kind of doesn't matter where you are. That's always going to kind of be the answer. End of message. Thanks for listening to Ask Tai Why, and guys, make sure to stay tuned for another episode of Tai Asks Why coming soon. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.